Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My name is Adrian Lester. I'm Joanna Scanlon. Terry Minot. Brona Taggart. John Drew O'Neill. Sarah Ball. Tom Riley. Kate Fleetwood. John Heffernan. And I'm Jonathan Harden. And very, very soon you'll be listening to a brand new series of the Honest Actors podcast. So, series three, 13 brand new episodes will be with you this side of Christmas 2018. Keep an ear out. I can guarantee that the people you've just heard speak will be part of that series. No surprises there. There will also be a few more surprises that I can't yet talk about. So keep an ear out. It's coming your way very, very soon. In the meantime, though, I've been keeping busy. It's TUC Young Workers Month this November, and every November, actually. And as part of that, I've gone back and spoken to the emerging actors and also recorded a special live podcast for Equity. You may remember that two years ago, I had a roundtable discussion in the spotlight with seven emerging actors. That video went online on YouTube. It's still there. If you haven't already seen it, just search for Emerging Actors Roundtable, and it should be results number one and two. Anyway... I went back, met up with all the guys two years later. So all I wanted to find out was what had happened in those intervening 24 months. How had their careers gone in terms of what their expectations had been and also what they'd learned along the way, if they had any wisdom to pass on to people who might be in a similar situation or even slightly further back in terms of their career. So have a listen. I found it absolutely fascinating. I hope you will too. The live podcast we recorded last week at the New Diorama Theatre, it was hosted by Lorna Wallace-Taylor and features uh, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff. It's well worth a listen as well. For now, though, here's another emerging actor. Hi, my name is Mohadi Masugu, and you're listening to the Honest Actors Podcast. First up, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, could you remind us where you were at with your career, with all things acting, the last time we met? Uh, So the last time we met, I was just about to graduate from drama school. So I was being shoved out of the nest, literally. And I was looking for an agent and I was hoping to work and very confident that I would work because this is what I'm meant to do. (laughs) So it's gonna work out. And, yeah, I think that's it, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, you've hinted at something there where I feel I just have to pounce Mm. upon, which is you were very confident that you were going to work because it's what you wanted to do. Yeah. Has it 
panned out like that for you? Yeah. So going back to what you wanted to achieve mm -hmm. that first time, you said, I want to be on someone's stage. And I was. Almost immediately after, like, I didn't graduate drama school in drama school. I had to leave to, to take a job. And Which is always the best reason to leave school, isn't it? It is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I want to say the background to that, I don't know if I said that before, it's like um, that year my eldest sister passed away. You didn't. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you uh, very much. And so it kind of shook us as a family. And of it made me rethink all the things I panic about in life and realize that, yeah, panicking is natural, it's human, but ultimately I'm alive and there's still hope as long as I'm alive. There's still, the dream has still got a breath in it. And so that's how I look at my life and kind of calmed down a lot more than I had when I went into drama school. And because of that, makes making decisions much easier. So when the opportunity came to work or to finish drama school and then take the chance on getting work after, it was like, a, I'm scared to leave because school is safe. It's something so do you new. still get your, do you still, can you still say I trained that? Oh yes, no, no, no okay. I graduated. So the show, I did Macbeth and played Lady Macbeth in my first job. Um, I think people might recognize that play and, and that part. I think people will have heard of that. Yeah, I think. Just one or two people. Yeah. Um, it's a lovely, lovely part. It's Congratulations. a gorgeous part and I love her and I want to play her again. And um, that was my graduating show instead of like the show with the rest of my group, which kind of... But that's great, right? Yeah, it's absolutely great. It's absolutely great. And, you know, I'm happy. Okay, so one of the other things you said was everyone dreams of being in a movie and I want that. You said I, I want do. that. Yeah. Has that happened this year for you? I'm waiting to hear. Okay. I've auditioned for a couple of films and I'm down to the wire. Lovely. Um, which is absolutely lovely, but more, but more on a more solid basis. I've been in an art film already and played a warrior in that, which is fantastic. And yeah. So was, was training worth it then on balance for you? Yes, absolutely. This is the thing, I, I, was, I was thinking about it when, I, um, when, when you got in touch to come in and, and have another chat with you. It's like, what is it that we, we talked about last time and what could be, what could be the uh, discussion this time? And I thought about the fact that the, the question was, why drama school? And for me, Drama school was because I'm an instinctive actor and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing or how I was doing it, which meant that I'd be in the middle of a show and lose energy and just because I was, work, I was running off of instinct. Mm -hmm. And I went to drama school to get the tools to work out what I'm doing so I can do it you know, like efficiently. And the longer I am out of drama school, actually, the more I, I, I feel more confident you had a lovely analogy, which almost convinced me that training was worthwhile, <laughs> uh, which was about dancing, mm -hmm. and about that you could dance mm. already as a human being. Yeah. You knew how to move. Yeah. 
but training made you realize that oh yeah my body can do that yes even though you thought you couldn't or i wouldn't have thought to move like that but actually i can yes and i thought that was a lovely analogy yeah. um so you've had that experience coming through drama school mm. um and it's been worthwhile for you it has been it really was you can't obviously speak for your peers mm-hmm. um do you think it's been as positive for the rest of them as it's been for you yeah, I think so. We we're all we, we think about it. We're our group in particular was the most diverse group, hugely diverse in in Britain at the time. Yeah, maybe in so Europe. diverse in fact that the two uh, members of this mm. that you would say were not from a European background mm-hmm. are two people that were on the same course. Yeah. Yes. You and Eunice. Yes. Yes. That's so, how. so our diversity in some way came from your course. That's how diverse your course was, right? Yes, absolutely. And and it, it was like so tribally diverse and then like ma- ma- male, female kind of thing. So it was wonderful because we got to meet each other and learn from each other. So quite aside from the, the more corporate end of oh we're going to drama school you're going to be exposed to it's meeting each other mm-hmm. and put possible people to collaborate with in the future that is priceless to me i was with younes last night and it makes me incredibly sad to think i would never have met him if i hadn't gone to drama school it does I often think about the people who've trained that i know and one of the things i'm most jealous of mm-hmm. is not the vocal training or the physical training or the doors that can be opened it is the fact that they have a support network that lives in the same city yeah that is or has been through a similar experience yeah they've got brothers and sisters in arms and i'm often i think that's one of the things that i I, i'm most jealous of when i see trained actors that i know yeah it's just about forming the community kind of thing and if you think about you formed your own community kind of thing it's only with especially our lot, we literally crawled through the same battlefield together, or the same hell, quote unquote, which depends on your perspective. So, yeah. On the topic of diversity then, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things you said when you applied mm-hmm. to be part of this was, uh, I just looked at this year's list of young actors to watch and none, not one of them looked like me and that yeah. scares me. Yeah. Um, two years have passed, the world is not a hugely different place, but I think it's fair to say that certain mm. things have moved on, mm. albeit mm. at tectonic rates. Mm. Are you aware mm-hmm. of the industry in which you are working having changed within those two years to be more inclusive to people who look like you? Yes and no. So I'm aware of it because I'm a baby actor and I'm surrounded by other baby actors. And so we have... We all have the usual complaints of like we're not get, the doors aren't opening fast enough for us, or you know we're not getting in. We we've, we don't feel used enough or useful enough. And then I hear lots of um, the European or Caucasian actors talk about complaining on Twitter and things like that about the fact that we're taking their jobs. Bankers. And um and I want to say, but. Which jobs? <laughs> because Who are these people? This is the thing. I don't even know. I don't. So I don't. 
I can hear it from that end of things. Or maybe it's a nice new way, it's a new person to blame for not getting enough auditions other than, you know, I'm not getting enough auditions and I'm not getting enough opportunities. But on the other hand, um, I am being called in. I am being seen. And I don't, I don't know if that's because I'm new and that's the um, attitude towards the new people that I heard about just before I graduated. Like you want your first couple of years are very important. You want to hit the ground running because that's when they're interested in you. I, mean, I heard all that advice. But then I also heard advice for actors who have been working for 15 years who are like, actually, the first 10 years of my career, I didn't work. And now the last five years, I haven't not worked. So it's all a very individual journey. I don't... Talk, talking then about, you were saying, um, you know, a lot of the same complaints. Mm -hmm. Doors not opening fast enough. Mm. If the doors aren't opening fast enough for you, mm -hmm. what reasons might you give? From, to myself, mm -hmm. because they're not the right doors. I'll be very honest. Like I want when every single job I go for, I want it. I don't believe that I should just audition just to keep my chops going. So I go for each job. I want each job, but when I don't get it, I know for a fact that it wasn't my job. And I can say that to you now because we're in a room together. Trust me, when I'm alone <laughs> in my flat, I'm like, <laughs> cup of tea, <laughs> cookie, <laughs> and then calm down. And I do think about it. And um, like the clearest example I can think of this is like the uh, RSC production, and like they had Othello. And, and the King Lear, I was up for that and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, why? And then I watched it, I was like, oh, actually, it's quite nice. It really works, it's good. And I got something else rather than that. So it's not the right doors. It doesn't stop the, the ache. Yeah, but mm. you're quite a philosophical yeah. person, it's yeah. fair to say, right? Mm. Which means you've just given one example that you develop uh, philosophies mm -hmm. or ways through mm -hmm. the hurt, the ache, yeah. the yeah. failings, the difficult moments. Yeah. In the past two years, yeah. what have been the big lessons that you didn't learn in drama school, that you came out as a baby actor, as you've put it, not knowing, and that now, as a slightly less baby, a toddler, as you're a getting, toddler. you know, uh, and that's not me being condescending, that's me just continuing, I suppose. The, yeah, the, I don't know, it is yeah. very accurate. Yeah, I finished drama school in June last year. So you're walking now? I'm walking. Yeah. And so what have you learned in the intervening two years? That I can walk. Using, continuing that analogy, I can walk. Um, I, for all the calm confidence that I may display, I, I have moment, moments of wobbling, but I have coping mechanisms which are essential and I'm, I'm frustrated that we don't have as actors enough of a safety net for us to fall on when we can't cope. Meaning? Meaning that so many of my colleagues 
are hurting themselves or getting hurt because like mental health and emotional health isn't high on the list of priorities of society, I guess. I mean, it's getting better. But because of the nature of our work, we're the tool, you, you know this, like we are the tool that we use to work. So when that tool gets a little rusty or broken or bruised, if it's more of a, it hurts more, I guess, but maybe I'm saying that because it's me in pain or it's my friend in pain or it's just someone I recognize who's an actor and they've tweeted something. That's what I've learned in the last year, that we need to develop a system as actors because no one's going to do it for us, where we take care of each other, from like mental health, emotional health kind of thing, where you can just reach out. So, so how do you do that? So you've mentioned coping mechanisms. You've already yeah. said one, which is a cup of tea and a cookie. <laughs> Beyond cup of tea and a cookie, what, what way do you cope with what's been thrown at you over the past couple of years? I really cling to my sister. Yeah, I'm one of many <laughs> siblings, and I'm more honest about what I'm going through. I don't do the whole, um, everything's fine. I don't do that anymore. I tell the truth. And I think it's really important that we tell the truth. And find someone that you can tell the truth to. And then also, let them tell you the truth. Be there for someone else. It's really healthy to be there for someone else as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so if you got better at that, mm -hmm. and one assumes then that you're finding it easier mm -hmm. to cope with things when things aren't fine, mm. what are the things that you're still struggling with? Waiting. Honestly speaking, it's waiting, it's the, which is such a large part of our job, it's the moment, the, the times in between knowing you have a job or knowing you have an audition or knowing, or in my case, because I make my own work as well, it's knowing that people have time to collaborate or it's going to work out. It's those waiting moments. And I'm giving, and in order to learn how to wait, I've been given lots of opportunities to wait, which is so frustrating. But yeah, it's waiting. I guess then, if there's a lot of waiting, mm. I'm guessing I kind of know the answer to my next question. Um, Go ahead. Oh no, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm not gonna lie and say there's a lot of waiting. But yeah, ask your question. Well, um, whenever we, met before mm. everybody had to uh, fill in a kind of an application question. Ah, uh, yes, something. I remember that. And I think I brought this up on the night, but um, you skewed the average earning expectation upwards because yes. yours was the highest. And I'm not sure whether that was, I think at the time there was an indication that that may have been an error. Um, but it wasn't. So have you... Was that a kind of ask the universe, the universe will provide kind of scenario? Yeah, it was. And I'm guessing mm -hmm. in this case, mm -hmm. it didn't. No, it did. It did? Yes. How come? I haven't, I haven't stopped working since, I, since before I graduated. I have been working. Um, so the waiting isn't for work 
sort of thing. It's to, it's to do the work that I want, more of the work that I want to do. So okay. that's the waiting. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie on God and say yeah. he hasn't been good. He has been very good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, are you surviving by acting alone now? Are you yeah. the Holy Grail? Yes. I thought about it um, when I was when I wanted to complain about my life. <laughs> when I was having my cookie and tea moment yeah. last week. No, this is Sunday, so the week before. Okay. I was having a, a coffee and tea, uh, a, a cookie and tea moment, and trying to complain. And I had to had to have a sit down, and cal you know, like calculate what I have in my hand, and what I've had in my hand since last term of drama school, and I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. And in those moments of quote-unquote waiting, it's literally because I'm writing or creating or collaborating, and and I haven't, I don't have the product yet. So I, yeah. I so if I was to ask you if you're going to still be acting in two years' time, you'd say yes. And in five years' time? Yes. And in ten years' time? For the rest of my life. And. If I was to ask you in two years' time if we met up again, mm -hmm. what would you be asking the universe to provide between now and then? What What do you want to achieve? What do I want to achieve in the next twenty four months? I want to do a couple of films. Okay. In the next twenty, in the next, 20, in the next 25, I want to do a couple of films. When you say do a couple of films, like if you got like two scenes in like a British independent film, would that be do two films? Is that what you mean? Yes, but then if that happened, I'd also want to film my films as well. Okay. On top of that. Okay. I'm not, like, I'll go back to the top of, of this interview. Like when, when my sister died, and then more, more recently in the last six weeks, uh, my grandmother almost passed away on us it kind of it blasts away cobwebs mm. things kind of blast away cobwebs and I used to think I was being greedy by asking for a lot and actually I don't ask for a lot so I'm having to learn how to ask for a lot if that makes sense mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm having to learn how to ask for it. So, what is it that you're going to ask for for the next two years? The next, like to do not two see to do two films, like two solid parts in two solid films, and to film my short film as well. To start a career in that direction, as well, because I write, and I've written a, a full play, and I want to see that on stage, <laughs> and I want to I. Recently, recently got in the courage to say, oh, actually, I have a script for a film and I wanted to see if other people could act in it. That would be lovely. <laughs> so I'm working on that as well. So I want to... So we're going to say, good part in a couple of films. Mm -hmm. Make a film feature or short? Feature? Short? Short? Short film. Short film of your own. Yeah. And see your play on mm -hmm. stage. Yes. That's a busy two years. Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to see it happen. 
particularly if I'm in the film. But, yes. Um, I, was gonna, <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask you um, about big movements. This is one of the questions that came in when I asked people to suggest them. Mm. Um, having had a good two years, mm -hmm. um, have you found that the big movements like the Me Too thing mm. and like equal, equal representation for actresses and like yes or no, which is a campaign for casting directors to give us an answer. Yes, either way. Oh yeah. Have you found those things? And as I said, someone else, the shifts have been possibly tectonic. Mm. Uh, I think Me Too is the exception where um, where something happened that precipitated a massive uh, mm. jump in at least awareness around an issue of sexual assault and harassment. Um, have those things? had any impact upon your journey? I don't mean in terms of have you got stories, but I mean have the... The, the, uh, the changing the of the lane, yeah. Have the movements, be, have you been aware of them around you as you've worked? Yes. I think particularly, particularly me too, I think. Um, because I, I sat down and th thought about why our careers take a certain journey like you can be the same age as someone and they shoot up or they fall away or whatever and when me too happened it was like a oh yeah that's why I wasn't a child star <laughs> kind of you know not in a because I've always I've, I've started performing when I was three I was dancing and but then my my life took a different kind of journey and I understand now it's probably because my mom went no and pulled me out of that world. So I'm very aware of how that's shifted things because I do feel safer when I go into a room. And I am more aware of the fact that I can articulate the fact that no, this doesn't make me feel safe. And this makes me feel uncomfortable and can we change how we're doing this? I feel more empowered to say that. Because I say that, now I'm a toddler actor. I haven't been in the rooms, say, in the powerful rooms with the powerful people who, said, who, who are named and shamed. But in this small pond that I'm in now, I do feel more empowered to say, actually, no. If you could change, mm one thing about the industry? One. If you had the power. Listen, you say the, about that, you get you never ask for enough. I Just know. Just don't push your luck. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, as big a change as you like, and it's permanent. And it's all down to you. So that's a, that's a gift, right? It is. Accept that gift. What would you do? What would you change? Gosh, I need time to think about that. Okay, well, what might be on your, your final list? We need to be a more honest ref She leans forward. <laughs> I was raised, uh, anyway. For me, art is about the truth. And our jobs as artists, whatever, shape, whatever form of art we do, is to tell the truth to society. Look, guys, this is where we are. This is where we're from, and if we're not careful, this is where we'll end up. Or, wouldn't it be wonderful 
if we could end up here. What hurts is the fact that, and I think possibly all of us as artists, what we're screaming about, what our souls are screaming about is the fact that it's, we're not telling the truth or we're not allowed, the way it's set up, we're not allowed to tell the truth. So the thing that I would change, and I know it's not just one thing, that's why I was like, just one, but the thing that I would change is that we would be allowed to tell the truth. So whatever, whatever hinders you from telling the truth in what you do, I would change that. And whatever hinders me, <laughs> I would change that. Because I find I am an African woman living in the Western world, and there is a perception of me already that has absolutely nothing to do with me in this world. And because of that, I'm constantly fighting that against that in order to tell the truth. Gosh, I wish that would go away. And we could do that with each and everything, so we could do it with everything. This is, there's a laundry list of things that are stupid and have absolutely nothing to do with us as individuals, but which we find preset in the world that make it very difficult to just be. I wish we could get rid of those, and that's a huge philosophical thing again, but I am very philosophical, so. <laughs> That's a thing for society. That's a yeah. getting rid of yeah. preconceptions and yeah. But it, it, I could get behind that. Yeah. Thank you. You've got me on your side. Thank you. I'm. I am willing to be called up in service of this aim at any time. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. It sounds good to me. Listen, um, it has been calming. It has been enlightening. And it has been um, for a cynic and a pessimist, it has been like a little holiday chatting to you. So thank you for coming in and updating me. And I'm delighted that you've been so busy. And that's it for another Emerging Actors Chat. Six more of those are available this very day on this very same podcast outlet. But before I let you go and listen to those, I have some thank yous. Thank you to Jennifer Kay and Louise Waller, the assistant producers on this. Thank you also to Theatre Delhi and 1984 Personal Management, in whose spaces I recorded the interviews. Theatre Delhi, you can follow on Twitter at Theatre Delhi. You can also find out more about what they do at theaterdelhi.co.uk. So thanks to both Theatre Delhi and 1984, to Louise and to Jennifer. And don't forget... Series 3 is coming your way very soon. Make sure you're automatically set up to download it. And there's also a live podcast event for TUC Young Workers Month in association with Equity that's also available this very day. The guests on that, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff, it's well worth a listen. Have a go. Anyway, I'll speak to you soon when Series 3 is out. Take care of yourself. Speak to you soon. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.